Hey, this is Micah Bosworth. I'm the pastor here at Ridgepoint, and this is our sermon podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. Hope this is an encouragement to you. Hope it helps to build your faith. And I hope it helps you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Go to uh, Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16 is where we're going to be this morning, continuing in our series in the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 16, and we're going to begin looking at uh, what's known as the second missionary journey. Really, we're going to just cover uh, the beginning of it today, but uh, the second missionary journey, seeing, let me get my bearings here and get all put together. Here we go, here we go. Acts chapter 16, we're going to be looking at the first uh, 15 verses this morning, and uh, just really unpacking this thought uh, that I hope we'll all be able to just come to uh, the realization of how important it is to uh, say those words, where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. And so Acts chapter 16, and starting in verse 1, the Bible says this, Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman which was a Jewess and believed. But his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him, uh, Timothy, would Paul have to go forth with him, and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mycenae, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mycenae, came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part, of Macedonia and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Let's go ahead and one more time, just go to our God in a word of prayer, ask him to speak to us, and then we'll dive right into the message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to now just look into your word and to unpack from this story, Lord, truly uh, how we fit into it, and how you would see us 
uh, to prepare for gospel opportunities. And God, I pray that you would help us as we look through it uh, to uh, at, truly come with open hearts and open minds just to hear from you. Lord, however you speak to us today, would you help us to respond? And we pray that you would, uh, Lord, do just that through your word today. Speak to us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I, uh, the title of my message really comes from that old chorus. How many of you know that old chorus, Where He Leads Me, I Will Follow? A few of you? Yeah. Love that chorus of Where He Leads Me, I Will Follow. I'll go with Him, with Him, all the way. And uh, there's other verses uh, to the, the song that just goes through and says, I'll go with Him through the judgment, uh, which I didn't always like singing because that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> but uh, Where He Leads Me, I Will Follow uh, is what that old chorus uh, says and really it's it's easy enough to sing the words uh, especially for me it's easy enough to sing those words uh, but not always as easy to uh, to live out those words and for me the reason is because I am an over preparer I'm an over preparer and what I mean by that is I like to know how every single detail uh, of Every single thing I'm going to be doing on a trip or in a day is going to take place. Uh, is anyone else here an overprepare of any kind? Yeah, uh, I'm glad I'm not alone this morning, okay? Maybe I'm alone in this though. I'm such an overprepare that I prepare my mind or my taste buds for what I'm going to eat that day. Um, so I, I already know I'm alone. Some of you are looking at me like, yep, you're a weirdo. Uh, I, I just, okay, I'm an overprepare in the sense that uh, I will... I will, if we're uh, planning, we're on a, a day trip, maybe we're on the west side, and I, I have my mind set on, we're going to go to Chick-fil-A for lunch, and, uh, which, how many of you have had Chick-fil-A? If you have not tasted of the Lord's chicken, <laughs> you need to go to the west side sometime, make it a priority, okay? Get right with God. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I love Chick-fil-A, so every time we're over there, that's pretty much what we eat all the time. But this is what inevitably happens. I prepare my mind or my taste buds to have Chick-fil-A for lunch and then something comes up, we don't have Chick-fil-A for lunch. And so my mind and my taste buds are prepared for the deliciousness that is a spicy chicken sandwich with no pickles, added pepper jack cheese and fries and a sweet tea, large, easy ice. Okay, that's what my taste buds are ready for. But then we can't go and someone's like, well, how does this sound? And I'm like, nope, that doesn't sound good. This happens all the time. My wife's like, well, what about this place? She can say some of my favorite places that we go, like to go on the west side. Mod Pizza, I love going over there. So she can start naming all these places that any other day I would gladly say, oh, that sounds so good. But because I prepared my mind and my taste buds for Chick-fil-A, everything else just sounds gross. And I am, I, that's why for me, even in the, in the Christian life, I'm such an over-preparer to those little details that I like to know what's going to take place next in my Christian life as well. And it's hard for me to have it in my mind, this is how things are going to play out. This is, if I do this, this is how God's going to work. And, and, and I'll give some personal testimony toward the end of the message on how God often uh, says, yeah, that's not how it's going to take place, buddy. And, uh, and, and I get to that point and I'm like, yeah! Why? Because I was prepared for something that then God closed that door or he led me a different way, or he took away that specific thing. Uh, and, and, and I want us to see, as we go through this, 
passage on how God was preparing people. I'm, I, I loved growing up, I loved fire drills. I loved all that kind of stuff because I liked being prepared. We don't, you, I don't, do they do tornado drills up here? I'm still newest to Washington. I grew up in Oklahoma. Tornado drills are a natural thing. Every Wednesday at noon, the tornado sirens are going off. And if you're not from Oklahoma, that's an alarming thing. But it's Wednesday at noon and you're from Oklahoma, you know, it's just testing the sirens. We just know. But I always love that. We need to be prepared in case a tornado comes. I love being prepared. And it's not a bad thing to be prepared. In fact, there's there are hundreds, if not thousands of books out there for, uh, that will help you to be prepared for things. I think of uh, the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, right? Okay, that, uh, that, that as far as I know from, uh, from I've never read the book, okay, because I've never been expecting, I'm a man, uh, but when my wife was expecting, reading through that book, and, uh, and other uh, women who have read it, I've read, or I've heard, that that book doesn't truly prepare you for, to expect everything that you're going to uh, need to expect. Uh, but there's, there's books like on what to bring on a wilderness journey and, uh, you know, how to prepare for things. There's just thousands of books out there on this. And I see in our passage today somewhat uh, of, a, of a preparedness manual, so to say. But instead of preparing us for children or for a long hike through the mountainous woods, uh, I see it's somewhat of a preparedness manual for gospel ministry, for gospel ministry. And I hope we'll come to the realization that our response should be, where he leads me, I'll follow. That's really what uh, God wants to get us to the point of in preparing us for gospel ministry. I see all throughout this passage, God preparing people for gospel ministry and him preparing people to be encountered with the gospel. And the first thing I see from this passage is that we need to allow God to prepare us for reaching people. We need to allow God to prepare us for reaching people. Uh, as we go through in the first part of this chapter, we're introduced to a young man named Timothy. Uh, this young man named Timothy, he probably got saved on Paul's first missionary journey. Uh, and uh, you know, as we were going through the missionary journey of Paul, uh, on that first missionary journey, they, they went through Cyprus, came up and uh, cr- want, crawled up all the way, crawled, they climbed up uh, the mountains into Antioch of Pisidia and uh, Iconium and into Lystra, which is where Timothy was from. And that was where, if you'll recall, Paul got stoned and, and dragged out of the city, left for dead, and, and then he just got up, went back into the city, and then they went on uh, witnessing for Christ and Uh, So what most likely took place, it doesn't tell us specifically, but what most likely took place is somewhere in that missionary journey, Timothy got saved. Or at the very least, uh, his grandmother and his mother got saved and and then brought Timothy up uh, learning the scriptures. Because we learn from later portions of the New Testament that he had a mother named Eunice and a grandmother named Lois. And that they taught him the scriptures. In 2 Timothy, Paul says to Timothy uh, to continue in the things you've learned and have been assured of and that from a child you've known the holy scriptures. That uh, you've been brought up in this and you have unfeigned faith that I've seen in your grandmother and in your mother. And so we know at least that he was brought up under uh, the, the scriptures by his mother and his grandmother. And Timothy, he becomes a prominent character uh, of the New Testament. He's with Paul 
on some of the missionary journeys. He's, he's credited with Paul in a few of the letters to the churches. There's uh, some of the letters that Paul writes to some of the churches they start, and he says, Paul and Timothy, uh, and like, as in, I'm here with Timothy as we're writing this letter to you. He's uh, on, with Paul when he writes some of the letters, and there's two letters specifically written to Timothy, First and Second Timothy in the New Testament. Timothy would later become the pastor at Ephesus. But I see, uh, I see God preparing Timothy for all of that. Uh, and, and I want us to see how. First of all, I want us to see, and I've talked about it a little bit already, but Timothy was taught the scriptures by his mother and his grandmother. Uh, it, it tells us that in First and Second Timothy that he was taught the scriptures. He was prepared for gospel ministry by being brought up under uh, the holy word of God by his grandmother and his mother. And I want to I want to take a side note to say this: parents and grandparents in here do not underestimate the value of teaching your children and your grandchildren the Bible. Do not underestimate the value of doing that. And young people, don't disregard the teaching from those God has placed in your life. Your, your parents, your grandparents, and, and, and other authorities that God has placed in your life, uh, many of them, if not all of them, want nothing more than for you to figure out what God wants for you to do in life. And they want you to accomplish that purpose. They want that. Uh, and, and how do we grow to know that purpose and grow in that purpose? Well, uh, we grow in the word of God. And here we see, or we know from Scripture that Timothy uh, was prepared for gospel ministry by growing in the Word because of the investment from his mom and his grandmother. And Timothy was growing so much in the Word. He was growing so much that all the believers started to take notice. In verse 2 it says, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. So not just in his hometown, but in Iconium, uh, another town not too far away, two different areas, two areas of believers and churches uh, were well reported to Paul of Timothy because of how much spiritual growth had taken place. Uh, the, I, I just imagine them saying, man, Paul, you need to meet this kid. Like, this, this kid is growing. He has so much potential. You should hear how he speaks about the Bible. You should, I, I don't know how uh, they reported of him, but at some point... Uh, it, it, it was known of everyone how much Timothy had been growing. And, uh, and one of the best, as I said, one of the best ways we can allow God to prepare us for gospel ministry in our Christian lives is by being in, reading, studying, memorizing, meditating, and growing in his word. But sometimes preparation isn't just what we add to our faith. Uh, Preparation for gospel ministry is sometimes painful in this way. Sometimes God prepares us by getting rid of some things or getting rid of some stumbling blocks. In verse 3, it tells us that it was a well-known fact all throughout the region that Timothy was a Jew because his mother was one, but that he had not been circumcised because his father was a Gentile. It was a, a well-known fact, apparently, that this was the case, and I'm uh, Paul. He he knew that this would be an obstacle in Timothy's life when ministering to the Jews. Now, I'm not sure how 
they knew whether people were circumcised or not. Uh, maybe they just asked in their culture and, uh, and people told them whether they were or not. But, but here's what I find remarkable. Whatever the case is, whether it was just hearsay, whether it was they checked, whether they asked Timothy, whatever the case is, here's what I find remarkable. Timothy was willing to get circumcised. He was willing to get circumcised. Uh, we, we learned, of course, last week and the week before, we learned that uh, in chapter 15, circumcision was not required at all for salvation or for someone's continued growth in the Lord. Uh, getting, getting circumcised doesn't earn your salvation, and it does not give you extra favor before God uh, uh, than those who don't get, on, or that don't get circumcised, okay? Uh, so it wasn't for those reasons that Timothy was like, well, I'm going to get uh, circumcised. Uh, it, but just like we talked about last week, some things can be a stumbling block to others. And Timothy was willing to give up his liberty in Christ for the sake of the gospel. In an even greater way than even some of the stuff we talked about last week. Like, I won't eat certain things around certain people. Like, that's, that's easy to, okay, just not eat meat on some meals. Uh, but to get circumcised is a complete change of life, a painful procedure and recovery process that Timothy was willing to go through, which begs the question, how much are we willing to give up in order that we may be a more effective gospel witness. Uh, you see, in, in times of preparation, many times it's not just an opportunity for us to grow by adding to our faith uh, and growing in his word. Sometimes it's a time of pruning some things out of our lives. I think of the nation of Israel and their wilderness season uh, that didn't have to be as long as it ended up being uh, but if you were to read from like Exodus 30 or so all the way to Numbers 14, that was their wilderness season. The whole book of Leviticus uh, was, was God preparing them for when they were out of their wilderness season. Their whole wilderness season was really a time of preparation, uh, of adding some things to them. Here's how you worship. Here's how you uh, go to battle. And it was adding some things to them. But it was also a time of pruning. Uh, uh, God... Uh, needed them to get rid of some attitude problems that they had. <laughs> the wilderness season was there to do that. They, they had some heart problems. They had some attachments to Egypt that God needed to get rid of. And, and so I, I think of in times of preparation, uh, it's not just a time for us to grow by adding things to our faith, but sometimes it's, it's a time for us to grow by taking away some things that are going to be a stumbling block or a hindrance to our gospel witness. So are we willing to allow God to take away some things, some attitude problems, some pride, some, some bad habits? You fill in the blank. Uh, are we willing to give these things up in order that we may be more effective with the gospel? Timothy was. He, he, he was willing to grow, but he was also willing to say, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly give up things in order to be more effective in the ministry of the gospel. And then I see Paul and Silas that this time of preparation looked, how did it look like for Paul and Silas? Well, if you go back to what we saw at the end of chapter 15, for Paul, this time of pre preparation included a change of companions. Uh, God, God bringing new people into his life. Uh, instead of traveling with Barnabas, the guy who welcomed him when no one else did in Jerusalem, who came and found him in Tarsus when he needed help 
uh, discipling believers in Antioch who was there every step of the first missionary journey when he was ridiculed and ultimately stoned uh, and left for dead. But instead of traveling with that guy, with Barnabas, now he had Silas. And, and God brought along Timothy. And, and we'll see in a moment, God also brought, brought along Luke. But it didn't just come with a change of companions uh, for Paul. It, it also came with a change of course. Like he, uh, he had some doors of opportunity closed on him. Uh, it, it tells us that uh, they wanted to go to Asia, but the, the Spirit for, forbade them to do so. It says they wanted to go into Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit said no to that as well. They, they had spent some time encouraging the believers and teaching them about the, the same kind of unity that was taught to them uh, to the church at Antioch from the Jerusalem Council. And they saw the churches there in Cilicia and Galatia and Phrygia grow in their walks with the Lord and grow in number. That's verses 4 through 6. It says they went through the cities, delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. That's what we went over the past two weeks, the things that the Jerusalem council gave to the church in Antioch. They brought those things to teach to these other believers in these other Gentile areas of how to keep the unity. And, and so they taught those things, and because of it, they saw growth in the church uh, spiritually and numerically. But after all of that, they wanted to expand the gospel uh, outside of those areas they had already been in and wanted to go to the areas of Asia and Bithynia. But God said no to both of those. God was closing those doors because he wanted them to go into Macedonia. They just didn't know that yet. But they were willing to follow the Spirit's leading even if it led them contrary to where they wanted to go. We want to go into Asia. They could have, even after hearing the Spirit's uh, answer of, no, don't go to Asia, they could have still gone into Asia. But they said, okay, God said no, we're not going to go there. Well, what about Bithynia? Nope, God said no. Okay, I guess we'll just work right here. And it says that they travel through Mycenae, and they end up in a place called Troas. And as they're in a place called Troas, Paul had this vision of a Macedonian man who uh, shows up and says, come over here and help us. And, and uh, Paul and Silas, it tells us that all of them, right after Paul saw the vision, were like, then we knew. That's why God said no to Asia. That's why God said no to Bithynia, because he wants us to go this way. And we assuredly gathered. That means we, we consensus, we got a consensus together here, and said 100%, that's where we're going. And they went forward with the gospel. And I love it, because this is where we see uh, that Luke was added to the missionary journey because if you'll notice all of the the you remember the author of the book of Luke or uh, the book of Acts okay also the book of Luke but the book of Acts uh, is Luke this doctor this physician and he wrote the book of Acts and all leading up to it so far it said and Peter has and Paul has and this has and then if you'll notice with me it says in verse 10 and after he had seen the vision immediately what's the next word we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course. Okay, so all of a sudden we see now Luke is saying, and I was there. So at some point, Luke joined the, the missionary journey in Troas, and when Paul had this vision, Luke was like, we, I was there. We knew God was calling us to Macedonia. And Luke 
went forward with the gospel on this missionary journey as well. And I think, as I look at it, if we know who Luke, what, Luke, who Luke was, he was a doctor. And it, do, it doesn't tell us specifically how God called him to join this journey, but we, know th- we do know this, that Luke joined, and he was a help to Paul. He was a help to Paul. Uh, toward the end of Paul's life, Paul wrote the words uh, this to Timothy. He said, only Luke is with me. Only Luke is with me. And he says, so when you come, bring John Mark, uh, because he's profitable f- uh, to me for the ministry. Uh, but at, in, the, in those moments, he says, only Luke's with me right now. So we know Luke joined up and was faithful and was a help to Paul. And it's amazing to me that God was preparing all of these men in different ways for the work of gospel ministry that they were all about to endeavor on. And, and God uses them in some great ways throughout the New Testament. He prepared Timothy by growing him up in the admonition and the nurture, the nurture and admonition of the Lord in his household in scripture and, and by cutting a, a, away some things, by having him get circumcised, getting away some stumbling blocks. For Paul and Silas, it was, uh, it was a change of who's along for the ride and it was a change of uh, where we want to go versus who, where God wants us to go. And, and, and for Luke, it was to, apparently to give up whatever practice of, of being a physician he was there uh, to join the missionary journey and, and do those things on the missionary journey for the gospel's sake. But God uh, doesn't just want to work in the, in the lives of Luke and Timothy and Paul and Silas. God wants to use us as well. But are we willing to allow him to grow us in his word, to remove stumbling blocks, and to close some doors on the way? We need to allow God to prepare us to reach people. God is going to prepare us on different ways, but we need to allow him to prepare us to reach people. Why? Why is it important to allow God to continually work on us? Well, because God is preparing people for you to reach. Uh, Why should we allow God to prepare us for reaching people? Because God's preparing people for you to reach and for only you to reach There are people that God wants us to share the gospel with, and there are some that God wants to help us, uh, that God wants us to help them grow in their walk with him. God had been preparing Timothy so that Paul would be able to help him grow in the faith even more and train him to become a pastor. God had prepared Luke in order that he would grow by joining the journey. God prepared Paul in his providence to be traveling without Barnabas so that he could cross Paul's path with Timothy and with Luke's. Uh, You never know who God is preparing because he wants to bring them across your path to help them grow in the Lord. Someone from Macedonia shows up in Paul's vision and asks them to come. And ultimately, Lydia and her entire household, which if you look at it, when it says Lydia and her household, uh, that doesn't just mean her and her family members. Most likely that means uh, those who were uh, servants in the home, those who were uh, helpers in the fields or whatever, uh, Would everyone in the estate there, all of them came to know the Lord uh, because of the fact that these men were ultimately led there to Philippi in order to share the gospel and Lydia and her household get saved. And I love this. I love this thought about Lydia and her household getting saved. Think about this. Paul and his team wanted to go into Asia. But the Spirit said no. But the first person they reach in Macedonia is an Asian. It says she's from Thyatira, 
which would have been in the Asian area. Uh, she's originally from Asia, but they meet her in Europe, okay, over in Macedonia in Philippi. And so uh, they, they wanted to go to Asia. God said no. Why? Because there is an Asian that needs to be reached, but she's not here. God led them to Macedonia to reach Lydia and her household. The point is this, God is the God of the harvest. And he crosses the paths of Paul and his missions team with this woman who needed the gospel. And we need to allow God to prepare us to work on us continually because there are people that he wants to bring across our path for us to share the gospel with and for us to minister to. And it is such a beautiful tapestry when you look at it of God's sovereignty and his providence because God was preparing Timothy and Luke so that Paul could minister to them, but God was also preparing Timothy and Luke so that they could minister to Paul. And, and they, uh, he was preparing Paul and Silas and, and Timothy and Luke so that they could uh, uh, share the gospel with these people in Philippi uh, down by a river and Lydia being there, but he was also, as it says, preparing the heart of Lydia so that she would be receptive to the gospel. You just never know who God is going to bring across your path. So we just need to remain humble before him and allow him to prepare us, to grow us, because both the things that God prevents and the things that God permits are both in his will. The closed doors are part of his will, and the open doors, they're both a part of his will. And so we need to come to the point, as they did at, at some point in their lives, where they said, God, where you lead, I'm going to follow. You close that door, okay, we're not going to go there. You close that door, okay, we're not going to go there. We're going to go this way. Uh, the Lord, I, as Timothy growing up, Lord, I see in your word from my mom and from my grandmother that I'm supposed to do this, so I'm going to grow and I'm going to do that, and, and I'm going to grow more in love with my Savior, and people were well reported well reported up he was well reported of by the people and he just allowed God to prepare him and said God where you lead me I'm going to follow ultimately it joined him up with Paul and Silas and Luke on this missionary journey we need to allow God to prepare us and just follow where he leads because there are people that he wants to cross our paths with that need the gospel and they need to not just be saved uh, but also grow in their walk with the Lord through the gospel I want to really, I really want to make this personal by sharing a, a, a couple of personal stories where the Lord has made this very, very evident. Uh, there was one where when we were working at Moses Lake, uh, there at the church, we, we, were, we were getting to a point where we just could, they're still in this building that uh, we needed to grow out of. Uh, but we were already, we already had so many people in the auditorium and uh, all the classrooms were getting filled, especially uh, the little, the boys class that I was teaching on su in Sunday school classroom that held about 10 people. We would shove like 27 boys in there. It was great and exciting, uh, but we needed a bigger building. And, uh, and we started to look for different places. And I remember we found this huge uh, building that was an old lumber uh, warehouse. And we figured out uh, what we were going to do with it. We talked to the owners and we started to uh, work on plans of how we were going to shape it to be an auditorium and be classrooms and be nurseries and all that. And I remember there were weeks, if not a couple of months, where uh, I specifically had to sit down with uh, blueprints and like draw out and measure out and make 
sure that every single centimeter that was on the blueprint matched with a certain amount of feet of the actual building so that all the square footage was accounted for and we knew what we were going to do. And we went through all of this process all to meet with the owners again after doing all of that and them going, yeah, we're not going to sell it to you guys. And we were like, what are, what are you talking about? We've done all of these things. All, God had it seemingly opened door after door after door uh, to go along with the process and then this building just fell through. But what we didn't realize when we started the process was that by getting uh, into that building and looking at it and starting through this, we would meet uh, a real estate agent in our town who did not know the Lord. And through uh, him having to show up to the building every time we needed to take measurements and all of that, him continuously being around uh, our church, he ended up coming to know the Lord as his Savior. And, and at the time, God, you're opening this door, you're opening this door, you're opening this door, and then <laughs> close every single door all at once. God, why? And then looking back, we realized God was crossing our paths with him so that he could get saved and so that his daughter and, and, and all of his family could start coming to church and grow in the Lord and be discipled. And we didn't know it at the time, but we just said, God, we're, you're opening this door. We're going to walk through it. And we thought that meant it was going to end up at this point. But God said, no, 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 no. That's not why I'm leading you through these open doors. I'm leading it so that you can meet these, this one person and so they can be saved. I think of also starting up the church here. Rich Point, as we were here, uh, God, as we worked toward it, man, God opened so many doors. I remember the first time that I went to my pastor after a message that I heard where I really knew God is leading. We've been praying about it. We've been unsettled in our hearts about staying here in Moses Lake as long as we thought. But I know now God wants us to start taking steps forward to starting a church in Wenatchee. I just don't know if it, I just don't know 100% sure if it's the right time. And that night I went to my pastor and I said, how did you know that God was calling you to start the church in Moses Lake? And he goes, I've been waiting for you to ask me a question like this since February. That was November. God had already been working on the heart of my pastor so many months before. And I was like, open door. We're walking through it. And I, right after he said, I've been waiting for you to ask me this question, he goes, are you thinking Wenatchee? And I was like, what? I'm thinking Wenatchee another open door. Oh man, we're going to go. And this is how we're going to plan it out. We're going to go on deputation and get other churches on board financially and prayerfully. And, and we're going to start that in uh, uh, like October of 2019. And we'll do it part-time for a time as we're transitioning out of a staff position here at Moses Lake. And, and God's going to uh, provide in such amazing ways that uh, we're going to then go on full-time deputation when we uh, get to March of 2020. And, and we're going to uh, be traveling every single week to different churches and getting more people on board and then March 2020 came and we started full-time deputation and two weeks in this little thing called COVID happened and we were like what God had opened so many doors and provided so much financial and prayerful support leading up to that that we were just blown away and God's opening so many doors we're gonna we're gonna open the church in August just like we want to right in the location of town that we want to God's been working so well this is exactly how it's gonna play out and then pff, that took place and every single meeting we had from then till August got canceled and we were like uh okay 
now what? And we were like, well, uh, let's still plan on starting a church this year because we still believe this is God's will for us and, and I'm still aiming for August, okay? For those of you who are here for our first Sunday, it wasn't in August. <laughs> we were aiming for August and we, we literally looked at every building but this building on purpose. We were like, that's way too far out of town. We don't want to go all the way out there. There's no way we're going to meet in the Beehive Grange. We're going to meet somewhere else. And we looked at so many places and God just closed door after door after door after door. So many uh, that I think I got up to like 70 or 80 buildings that I had called or areas that we could rent that God just said no to. Whether it was uh, I called the people and they say, yeah, we're not renting because of COVID. Or whether it was, yeah, we're not renting to a church. And I'm like, okay. And so door after door after door got closed. And I remember the whole way, the process for me, a preparer, was horrendous. <laughs> I was like, we don't, I don't want to meet at that one spot, but it's the only place I haven't called about yet. And so I called uh, the, the people that run the Grange here, and it became an option. And God provided it for exactly what we needed, when we needed it, for the price that we needed it at having not raised as much financial support as we thought we needed because rental prices around here are not cheap, especially commercial. And so we thought we needed a certain amount, but all along God knew, no, I'm closing all of these doors because I'm going to provide something that I know you only have this much coming in financially. I know what you have. He knew. He knew what we had and what we needed. And then this building came and the entire time, I'm thinking, God, what are you doing? Like, why, why is this door closing? Why, why are you leading this way? We, we wanted to start with a team of, like, friends that would come and join with us and, and be, you know, fr- move here from different areas. And we asked people, and they kept saying no. And, and some said, yeah, we want to. And then, like, after three months of saying we want to, said, actually, we're not going to. And we're like, <sighs> What is happening, God? Why are you doing all of this? But through all of this, I was learning new things from the word of God. I I was meeting new people in the community through every closed door. And ultimately, I was learning patience. (laughs) I was learning patience with God. And then we launched. And, And some of you were here for that first Sunday. And I was a wreck that day because I saw all the people that came to that first service and, and even the more I see new faces come to our services, uh, I, I just go and I'm like, wow, God, this is why you closed that door and this door and why you didn't let them come is because you wanted me to meet that person. Lord, you, you, uh, you did that so that I could meet the people that are in here today. And, and after hearing some of the stories about what God was doing in some of your all's life before coming to Ridgepoint, and how he was preparing your heart before coming here, it, it just is more and more confirmation from God on why he did what he did. It's like he said, Micah, I opened that door so that you could cross paths with that person. I closed that door so that you could meet this person. I took that away from you so that you could minister more effectively to her. I, I showed you that in my words so that you could uh, grow, help this man to grow in that same way. And it's a beautiful thing to look back on. But friends, it is not always as beautiful a thing to look forward to. (laughs) Because
because we don't know what God might take away and what doors he might close and what things he wants to grow in us to prepare us for the gospel opportunities he's bringing us toward. But he does want to use us to further his gospel. And he is preparing some people just for you to reach. But we need to humble ourselves and realize that sometimes in order to be effective when God crosses our paths with those people, we need to allow him to prepare us and to grow us now. Really, it comes back to the words of that old chorus where he leads me, I'll follow. The doors you close, God, I'll walk away from them. The things you take away, I'll let go of them. The things you teach me, I will do them. Uh, Lord, wherever you lead, I will follow. Why? For the sake of the gospel and seeing more people come to know you and to grow in you. Thank you so much for joining us. A special thanks to those that give generously to our ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. For more information about our ministry, check out our website at wenatchechurch.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, hit the share button or take a screenshot and share it on your social media, and tag us at Wenatchee Church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.